Let's have a sincere conversation about events across the nation and topics for our own morality. Let's openly discuss in an environment of trust where perception is reality. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Perception is Reality. It is your under-the-weather host, David, battling some sort of weird throat funkiness. So y'all are just going to have to uh, enjoy the smooth tones that we've got rocking today. Joining me, willing to suffer through this awful voice, which I already hate in general, but now that it's all like yucky, it's even worse, is Kim Neary. And she's the host of a podcast that is called diary of an international student and she's going to tell us all about that in a moment after she says hello hi everyone and it's okay david if it makes you feel better i usually don't like my voice either but i think your voice is is, is good don't worry about it <laughs> oh well at least you've got that cool accent working in your favor so oh <laughs> thank you <laughs> so real quick i like to get this out of the way early before i ask what topic we're going to discuss is um how people can reach you because usually by the end of recording, I kind of forget these things and I, I, it's easier to just do it now. So please tell us about the podcast, tell people how they can reach you, anything you want them to know. Ready, go. Well, first of all, thank you. Um, that it's Thank you for having me here, of course. And thank you for giving me the chance to tell the people where to find us and more about the podcast. So as David said, I am Kim Neri. I am the host of Diary of an International Student, and it's a podcast that I host with my co-host, um, AJ, who's also the fantastic sound engineer. If you're listening, AJ, hi. <laughs> so Diary of an International Student is a podcast where we cover topics and problematics that are related to be an international student in the United States. The concept came up because every time that I talk to other international students, we all have those common problematics, whether it's like sharing a success or sharing a failure or struggles or missing home. But also for as much as we, we know that it's a shared, those are shared problematics, I also get the perception every time I talk to them that they feel so alone. Like if they are the only one going through the situation. And you can find online resources on what to do for international students, like the technical part. But there are so many, there are so many resources when it comes to sharing the experiences and the stories that aims to create a community of international students. So that's why I came up with a concept and being, and also because I am an international student uh, myself, as you mentioned my accent before. <laughs> so for those who are interested to listen to us, I, um, our Instagram is DIS underscore POD, DIS underscore POD. And you can also find us on our website, DISpod.net, DISpod.net. We are actually available on Anchor FM, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, and so many more platforms. We try to be as much as available as possible, of course. 
And also on the podcast, we'll share interviews and stories of board international students. So if you want to either leave us a comment or share your stories or will be interested to be interviewed as an international student, you can also send us an email at info.dispodcast at gmail.com. Info.dispodcast at gmail.com. All right. Well, thanks for that. That was great. Um, Thank you for giving me the time. I know I, I talk a lot, so whenever yeah, you no, want to tell me. <laughs> no, that's fine. It, it helps me spread the time out, especially it'll help me rest my voice in between questions. So, Kim, let's um, just jump right into it. So what, what topic have you chosen to talk about today on the show? So this is a question I get asked a lot the expectation from movies to when you go into a different reality and especially i got asked a lot did the reality that you find that you find in new york when you first came over here match what you saw in the movies so rather than making it so specific to international students i was wondering have you ever traveled or been abroad david yeah i i actually spent quite a bit of time traveling and, and i do like it. That actually helps because my topic or question for you is how about um, every time that you traveled, how much influence did movies or TV show have when you went abroad? For example, when before to, I don't know, say you went to Italy and you probably saw so many movies like Eat, Love and Pray, like did that influence you uh, in the stereotypes into traveling expectations did that expectation was low was that expectation lower and did that you know was that possible because of the movie like how did movies how does movie influence the reality of traveling basically um well this is uh, if this was me asking that question of myself it would be a really short podcast because TV movies don't impact my um, they don't impact my view of traveling uh, internationally uh, about people's cultures or anything because I view those as fictional representations uh, to sell the movie or TV show. So I don't really value them as uh, sources of information on where I decide to travel to. Okay, it makes sense. Well, uh, I like it. I like your answer, and I like the fact that you keep the integrity of try to keep you know the integrity of like traveling and curiosity, not like try to have the movies and TV show or the media influence you into what to expect when it comes to uh, traveling abroad. Yeah, I don't, don't well, Kim. Don't get me wrong. So yes, you're you're not getting me wrong, but I will say that I did leave out a part. So once in a while. If we're watching TV mm-hmm. uh, and my wife and I see a beautiful scene, we might Google where that scene is and then look for that and to go there. But we don't influence any, that, nothing else about that is going to influence us because we know it's all just fake. Okay. Okay. Well, it makes sense. Um, it's actually like that. That's a good uh, perspective to have. It's just because I'm curious because I always get asked this question as, you know, international student coming to the States, basically to, to New York. And my, my question is, I feel like that when it comes to New York specifically, it's, you know, like a little bit matches the movies that you see, but also I, 
I tend not to, as a person, I tend not to notice too much of a difference because maybe I am a traveler at heart. <laughs> um, but I had to say that it, it, it was what I expected from movies, maybe a little bit more. And that's a question that I get asked a lot. So, and even, yes. I'm sorry, Kevin. I just need to clarify something. So when you're saying New York, there's a difference between New York City and New York, the state. So are you referring to New York, the state, or are you referring to the city? New York City. Okay. And, and so I'm uh, from originally from Western New York. So this is going to be a little bit sensitive of a topic for me because everybody assumes that New York is just New York City. And New York City is a very small part geographically of a beautiful state, but it does comprise the, the majority of the people, the populace, and whatever New York City says and votes for, the rest of the state just doesn't even get a vote. So um, that's why I had to ask if you were referring to the city, that's like, that's a connotation I just want to make sure because I mean, you know, there's the whole other part of New York. I am actually very glad that you brought the difference up because um, it brings up also another good, interesting point. Uh, first off, I used to live in Westchester County, and I have been to even farther up upstate, and I do agree with you that it's gorgeous out there. But also speaking in terms of like what the media gives, I feel like that there are so many media that focus so much on New York City rather than New York State, which is kind of understandable in creating more like sus suspense stories storyline and so on but i think that sometimes that the state part it's so underestimated and i'm not talking only about movies and tv show but even like commercials there is so much more than just new york city and i i love when like i can, i i get to bring people around it's kind of hard when like people come visit to New York and they want to visit only the city. When I tell them there is so much more about the city, but they're so like sometimes it's very hard to bring them outside the city. So because well, it's we difficult to leave the city uh, because it's not really there. It's hard to get out of the city if you're driving or if you want because it takes so long. I mean, I understand. I understand that, but uh, there is. A whole nother side to New York State than just a city and a bunch of, of one park and a bunch of buildings. I know. And that's why like what I want people to realize. That's also why I love traveling. People ask me why you here? Uh what are you doing here? You're coming from from abroad. Like why are you here? And I tell them there is so much more. Like I'm not only you know the united states but also new york state itself has beautiful gorgeous places and we're not talking about only i don't know the middle of nowhere forests it's much more than just camping but there is also like if you are not a big fan of camping but you still like nature for example i've done all of them i've been in a teepee i've been in a cabin i've been glamping i've done like all the possible options because um, I like to explore and new, like and see new things. But there is also the skiing option. There is, there is so much more than just the city. It's New York City is beautiful, but the state itself, 
it's so underestimated. And sometimes when it comes to like, you know, promoting a little bit more, I will be like happy to see more like states place. Well, you definitely should, if you can, while you're here, see more states. Um, that's one thing that most Americans don't even do uh, is get out of their own city and, and venture off and see the country or travel abroad. Um, I mean, heck, there's many in uh, Canada's right there in the border of New York State. There's a lot of New Yorkers that's never that's never left the country and even gone to Canada, which is sad. I know, and honestly, you see, I think that I'll take I'll be part of one of like I, I want to be part of one of those people because actually, fun fact, I've never traveled Italy, which is where I'm from, as much as I could. Because I've always thought I'm from here. I might as well go and like I can see here whenever I want. I might as well travel the world to see more than just Italy. And little I knew, then I came to study in the United States. So now I don't have as much possibility as to, you know, like travel Italy. And many people ask me, Have you been to Positano? Have you been to Sicily? Have you been to this place in Italy? Which is you know, those are amongst the most famous places in Italy, the more touristy part. And I have never been to those. So people are in shock sometimes when I tell them I haven't. But then they understand that because, you know, I underestimated my time there. Basically, I um, didn't take advantage of it. I well, feel like are you here for good or are you just a student? I'm right here. I'm, I'm just a student. Right. So, so, you, so you may end up going back, right? So it's yes. not, you still have opportunity to go travel your own backyard. Oh yeah, definitely. I just, you know, I've, I think that I could, I'm not regretting my time around the world. Don't get me wrong. I am so happy that I've seen Spain, Germany, um, France, Switzerland, like I've, I've been around and I'm so happy of that. And I'm not regretting my time here. I always say that I enjoy my time here. And yes, uh, my, you know, like I'm a student, I'm here with a student visa. So I will um, go back to like, to, you know, and I will have the chances, but I do understand where people are coming from. I think that we take for granted what we have around and we admire more our neighbors, you know, in, in Italy we say, I think you say, we say in English too, that the neighbor's grass is much greener comparing to yours. Right. We always yes. admire. Uh, we always admire what's next to us rather than what we have, and so we take that for granted. If that makes sense. No, it, it, it does. Um, so, all right. So we know that you're from Italy, which is great, and you've not traveled around your own home country, which is not not much different than any other person in the U.S. Um, I just have to ask real quick, like. Do you find Italian pronunciations, I mean, American Italian pronunciations of words um, annoying? Oh, I see. When they mock the accent and so on. Wait, people mock your accent? Not that, well, I mean, like, not my specific accent, but it's more the Italian accent. You know, when they, when they do na 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 na, amore, and so on. Oh, that must be. Uh, that must be a New York City thing. Really? <laughs> I don't know. I've I've not, I've not ever seen anybody um, do that to my um, Italian friends and family. But I could be just 
silly, but what I meant was like, um, there are oh, words like that Diageo? people, there are words, yes, or um, like the, the CCH sound or the, the GN sound or like my, my last name, the, the GL sound or the, the, um, the little, um, and I, I don't want to say it because I want to hear you say the name of it, but like those, those little. I'll say, I'll say your last name if you want. <laughs> oh, no, I know how to pronounce my last name and I know how to pronounce the foods that people get wrong. It just, they bother me and I'm not even from Italy. I'm second generation here and it bothers me, but I don't know what it's like you from coming. Like, <clears throat> do you know the food? It's like a little um, small slice of bread that's toasted and it's got diced tomato and herbs on it and some some grated cheese a little bit. Starts with a B. Um, oh B-R-U, it starts with a B-R-U. It's not drukola. Oh, I have a lily. When you have it there, you can remember. I know which one you're talking about. But, you know, there are also other pronunciations, like pistachio, for example. That's the one yes. that flatters me. Does it? The most. Um, no, I'm talking, well, pistachio, which is like the green ice cream, for example, or the pistachios in general. They are supposed to be pronounced pistachio for example, like yes. with, a, with a K, K sound. It's written with ending, an ending C-C-H-I-O, but it, people pronounce it with show when it's supposed to be kyo. Or for example, uh, even the last names sometimes. Like I can't, I, out of like privacy, I'm not gonna say, but there is, oh no, you know what? The, the restaurant, for example, there's a famous Italian, between quotes, um, Italian uh, restaurant chain, it's called Carmine, but that's supposed to be Carmine because it's Italian, it's an Italian name and everybody looks around, like looks at me and say, Carmine, what, what did you just say? It's Carmine. And I'm like, no, it's Carmine. Or- There's an E on the end, which is an A sound. Exactly. So it used to bother me a lot at the beginning when I first moved over here. But I'm going to use the chat because I don't want to give away my pronunciation, but I'm going to tell you the word that drives me the most crazy. Okay. I don't even know why, but it just does. Can you see that word? Yeah. Okay. How would you pronounce that? Oh, yes. Okay. That is something that I never, ever got adjusted to it. People say, and I'm going to say, the people say the word. People call it bruschetta. Yes. Please do understand that it's not a sh sound. It's a sk sound. It's bruschetta. Yes, girlfriend, testify. Come on. <laughs> bruschetta. That's something I never could adjust to it, especially if it comes from someone. I have met, met someone who is originally, as in like family originally from Italy and still pronounced bruschetta and I look at them and say you that always claim to be from Italy say bruschetta it's bruschetta shame on you <laughs> thanks so um the other word that drives me crazy so this <clears throat> excuse me everybody this word the br bruschetta that 
like I will get corrected. It's like one of my favorite things. So I will get corrected in Italian restaurants by wait staff and I just look at them like they're crazy. Um, and I just stare at them until they, they walk away. But that's just in America and obviously in Italy it's different. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, so um, tell everybody the real way you say thank you in Italian. Please. Grazie. Exactly. Can we talk about the ending of that word? Say it one more time. Grazie. Exactly, people. So you've heard it from a real bona fide Italian, our friend Kim. <laughs> Let me guess, people are grazie. Uh, they don't forget. It's not an A at the end. Oh, yeah, it's grazie, right? So yes. E. <laughs> yes. Anyway, all right, that's enough with the Italian language. With that, I just had to go over some pet peeves since I had um, a native. <laughs> I can talk about languages in, in, like in, like on and on. To be honest with you, uh, I used to you know tutor uh, Italian when I was um, in college. I would like help out, and I could see the struggle of students trying to learn Italian. And you know, it came to a point where they were frustrated, not understanding what. Of why they need to learn a foreign language where they would speak a language that was merely it was recognized as the official worldwide language aka English but what people don't understand is that in my opinion Alice when you learn a language is much more than just learning grammar when you're learning language you're learning about a whole nother culture you how about also studying why we say certain things like i can't remember um why was that but it's an historical reason but when for example when we pick up the phone in italian we don't say hello or ciao we say pronto as supposed to be it's supposed to be a question like to say ready and i know it sounds weird but that's how it is so you could learn about why we started to say pronto rather than like hello or why there are composed words like the history and so on but you also get closer to the culture itself uh, of when it comes to the name of objects for example there is one particular pen that it's used in certain regions of Italy for example that's called um sorry it, a dessert that's actually made that's actually called torta al testo which if you translate it verbatim like word by word it means text cake as in like texting but the reason why it's called in this way al testo is because it actually is made in a pen that's actually called testo that's why and you come to like learn about the the, the food and so on like learning a language is just much more than just learning a language it's bringing cultures together helping to uh, coming you know forward to those people who can't or are not able to like speak the language that you speak it's about survival but also learning about the culture of the country that you learn learning language of oh i agree I i'm agree. glad you do <laughs> I, I wish i mean we go to we go to Italy um, quite a bit. Just that, and I mean, we do go. We do other countries too. Don't get me wrong, but um, lately it's been more of like a couple days there, and then more time in Italy versus uh, 
that. Like for example, we're going to Sicily for two weeks uh, sometime in March. Um, just to go around the island and, and trace where our grandparents came from. Um, you know, but I know my Italian's horrible. It wasn't a priority in our family to teach my generation Italian as much as it was to help the older generation with their English, um, which is kind of ironic, which I would have liked to have learned Italian um, as, as a young kid. It would have been easier, but uh, I do my best. I suffer through uh, my best when I'm over there. Well, I mean, it's also hard to learn a language in general because if you don't, if you're not exposed to it outside of classes, it's very, very hard for you to learn or to master it. You can I have no practice unless I'm in country. Exactly. Sure, Just like, like me, yeah. I would love to like, I mean, technically I've, I've, I've taken French, for example, in college. However, because I never got a chance to practice it as much outside classes, classes, even nowadays, I can't practice outside classes because who am I going to speak French with? That is the problem. I, I've, yeah, I've been to France uh, before, but it's, you know, it was only a few days and I was with my friends who mainly speak English. They did speak French with a local, but because we were, you know, amongst each other, we would speak English, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. No, it does. It, it makes sense. So what I'd like to know yes. is what were your expectations coming over? And not necessarily, you know, like we talked about with, with like movies and TV, because I mean, I, I know you get asked that a lot, but I really want to make it more specific. What were your expectations for coming and going to school here versus the reality of what you, when you got here? Huh. Granted that I did watch a lot of American movies when I was um, back at home, and I still do now. <sighs> mm. I think, I don't know, I, my expectations, I guess, were I don't know it's hard because honestly I feel like when it comes to like media in general I feel like they, they have met the expectation that I that I got influenced by but I I guess that what I expected is to learn a lot to definitely change and I think I met the expectation like I came thinking I want to make sure that this will be the best experience possible I want to I was I was very eager to make this like the, the the time of my life, basically. And I know it has it has not been easy, definitely. But it's it's the 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 best experience that I that I could actually ask for. And you know, I think we we posted this a few weeks back on our Instagram. Um, the best, the worst, the worst the unique and like the best experience that you could ask for being an international student because it, it helps you so much. I want to say that maybe more than expectation, I had curiosity and fear before to come over here. That's for sure. 
What was your biggest fear coming over? So I've learned only yesterday this statement is not a fear of speech, or at least it was known, not known to uh, my co-host. In, it, in Italian, we say um, il passo più lungo della gamba, which means the steps longer, uh, making the step longer than your leg. Mm -hmm. Which means that basically you're going to try to do something, but you don't realize that what you're doing or you're about to do it's bigger than you. That was my fear. I was afraid that the step that I was about to make was a step much longer than my than my leg, than what my leg can actually make. And I remember this fear hit me particularly a few days before to leave, especially when one of my uncles, uh, you know, I think it was the day before we were leaving one of their houses before to head to the airport. We were sitting down. Um, he arrived that day, I think. And he and I asked him, so how are you? What's what's going on? Like, what's new? And he said, like, or any time we say, Kimidichi, what do you tell me? I said, like, what's, what, what's new? And he looks at me and tells me, well, I tell you, I'll tell you good luck and that we all have, we all have hope in you. And that puts so much pressure. I know he did it out of love. And I know that was the best way for him to like wish me the best of luck. But that made me, give me so much more fear. That step felt even much longer before to like, before to head out. But again, I am so happy I have done it. I am so, so, so happy. Good. I, I'm glad that, I mean, you sound happy that you're here, which is great. And you sound like you're having a great time in the city, the New York City. So that, that's good too. What um, can you, what, what were you, what have you learned so far about American culture? Well, yeah, let's just ask, like, what is it, what is different about American culture than what you thought? Because you said you watched a lot of TV and movies. So I guess I do need to ask the, the basic question is, what, what was that like? Did it match? Did it? Was it completely different in real life? I, don't know. I mean, personally, I don't know. Do you know the movie Elf? Yes. Okay, I know. Personally, I feel like that is the best representation of New York City or the most. <laughs> <laughs> True. I mean, New York City is very hardworking. They, um, there is, it's, you know, workaholic, we can say, hectic, never stops. I mean, it's a city that never sleeps in the end. It's, it's called this way, if you think about it, and it's, and it's truth. Um, but I want to say, you know, you asked me about Elf. I'm going to ask you, and I mentioned this before, because it's one of my favorite movies, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, the movie Eat, Love, and Pray. Yes. Okay. For those who have not watched this movie, please go and watch it. It's actually available on Netflix right now. So go ahead and watch it. It's, I love it. Um, so when Julia Roberts is in Rome, the barbershop scene, she's talking to the men and one of them say, you Americans don't know how to enjoy life. You all work, work, work. You, you what's the word? What's the word for it? You burn yourself. Like you, you burn, you burn down yourself to like mm -hmm. work so hard. You don't rest. 
you don't know the, the culture of il dolce far niente, the sweetness of doing nothing. Granted that, you know, it's, it's similar in that way. Like, I think I like, it pictures kind of well the difference between Italy and America, specifically New York. But let's keep it like realistic. Yes, we love the dolce far niente, but that doesn't mean that we're not hardworking people. We are. Um, we just recognize the importance of like resting. I just recognize that sometimes I got influenced by the American culture of working so hard. I have experienced the difference of the two words where I need to get things done in a New York way. Like in New York, we hustle, as you know, they say. And when it comes to Italy, I had to wait to get things done. Not, and I didn't enjoy it. So yes, one part is knows how, how, how to like work hard, very, very hard, but possibly even too much. And the other side, knows how to like work hard but like rest and sometimes it's too slow pace there you go that's i think the best definition i can give that's the main difference and i'm you know i'm basing mainly on the work um atmosphere we can say mm -hmm. no I, I mean from my visits over there and living in new york and visiting the city i can see both sides and clearly the, the difference in the food too. I mean, like that's the big well, one. <laughs> I mean, so I, well, that's actually an important question that I want to ask. And again, I feel like it's a very obvious question. Like when I'm traveling abroad and if I'm doing a multi-country trip, All right. I always, always, always look forward to Italy's food the best because I know that like it's just going to taste the best. Um, I mean, well, I mean, that's, that's not necessarily, well, yeah, I'm just going to say that, that that's a definitive statement. Although I do, I mean, there's some really good Mediterranean food in the, the countries that surround the Mediterranean. Cause that's my favorite style of food is Mediterranean kind of cuisine. But um, I'm just saying like, if I'm in Europe and I'm bouncing between Spain or uh, France and Italy or Germany and Italy or you know pick a country and then Italy because I always try to do Italy too I just look forward to the food in Italy more so um, I feel like there are Italian restaurants here that try but they just aren't the same what do you think um, okay so I have a philosophy where and it applies to brands as well which I'm not gonna name but um, I have the philosophy that in the United States, you know what, in New York, because I can't really speak for as much for the for United States. I've, I've been a little bit around, but when it comes to seeing brands or like restaurant names, I, I'll, I'll, I'm- Yeah, we I'll, don't need to point fingers. I'm just saying, you know, how, how do you view the food, uh, what we call Italian food here that you've experienced in New York City? Because New York City claims to have some of the best Italian food, at least in our country, which I would dispute highly, um, but it's definitely not the same as true Italian cuisine. It's not, and you know, I, I'll just I, I come. It's not the same thing. It's definitely not the same thing. But when it comes to my philosophy, I just want to say pretty quick. I believe that if you see on a restaurant or like in a grocery or somewhere 
real Italian food. <laughs> if to me, you're, I'm not even gonna try. You know why? Because to me, if you have to specify that you are real Italian food, if you have to stress it out so much, that means that possibly you're not Italian, <laughs> the way I see it. Um, it's like trying to convince you of something, but if you're trying to convince me of something, then it means that you probably are not. It makes sense what I'm saying? Yes. So uh, it's one of my philosophies or like, you know, one of my jokes that I usually, um, that I usually make. But, you know, I was talking one day with one um, restaurant owner. Um, this person owns an Italian restaurant. And we were having conversations and this person said, we were talking, actually, actually, you know what? We were talking about um, Parmesan cheese on tuna pasta. Granted that not so many people are familiar with tuna pasta here in the States. Uh, yeah. it, it's funny, but it's a common thing back in Italy. It's actually yeah. pretty good. Trust me, people. Like, they give it to kids back at home. <laughs> um, we were saying how you're not supposed to, to put cheese on tuna. Like, it's not possible. Or other, like, type of variation. And this person said, you are technically right. However, there is one thing that you're forgetting. The importance of the audience that you're serving. I can't, I, I, I can serve the best dish. However, if the target audience prefers it in this way, then there is nothing much I can do. If I want to sell, if I want to make a living, then I got to do it this way. Following a little bit the recipe, not going too much off the Italian, but still, I got to follow what it does, what they want. And he made a good point. And let's not also forget uh, the fact that you can make an Italian meal at home. Grab the tomatoes, start from like literally scratch. However, it will never be as good as home because for as much as you start from scratch, the ingredients are not from home unless they're important. But even though if they're important, they are not as fresh. So it's going to be very hard to make it just like just like grandma, grandma wants. Makes right. sense. Yeah, no, I mean, it makes sense. And, and I'm not talking about the variations in the dish. Like in America, uh, we'll put cheese on anything. And that's actually one of, I'm okay with that. I mean, I'm not going to lie, but uh, I will not under, I will not understate my love of a good Parmigiano Reggiano right out of the wheel, the middle of the wheel, the wheel just cut open. Oh, yes. And that first piece that is taken right out of the center, you know, just to taste it like there's like an experience. So I'm not going to say that I disagree with your new restaurant owner friend where, because I'm that guy. I just love, I have a love for all cheeses. Oh, me too. Um, Don't get me so wrong. But, if you, you know, can like, put cheese on it, yeah. I'm going to put cheese on it. But I'm just saying, I understand what you're saying is like, you're not importing the same ingredients from the same region. And if you are, they're canned, they're not really fresh. And yeah, that makes, that makes sense. And um, yeah, that's one thing sense. I do like about Italy is everything is incredibly, incredibly fresh. Like, right. You know, the restaurateur went down to the farmer's market that morning and bought all the stuff and, created the menu based on what they were able to find. I mean, I, I do, I'm not saying they're like, 
how do I say, well, how do I put this? There are very few places where I go to eat, like eat Italian, to be honest with you, very few. Um, when I am here, at least. Of, of course, when I go home, Italian is like, give me all I can eat, basically. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I love cheeses too. I just don't put it on the, on the, on the fish or the well, tuna. Like, I'm allergic that. to fish, so you lost me on there. Oh, I can't, man, I can't have so any seafood. Yeah, Sicily is going to be difficult for me. Yes, it will. No, it, it is because I'm like cross-contamination allergic. So Sicily is going to be very difficult for me. So any type of fish or seafood? Because, you know, like salty water fish or like any type of fish? If it lives in a body of water and it comes out of that body of water, whether it is a fish, a crustacean, a mollusk, you name it, I'm allergic to it. I feel so sorry for you. <laughs> I shouldn't be laughing. I'm sorry, but I feel so much pain for you. Honestly, I'm a big fan of seafoods, fish in general, don't get me wrong. But if, if I were to become allergic one day to fish, I will legitimately lay down the floor and start crying because it's <laughs> my favorite thing. It comes, well, then there's cheese too, but, don't get, but like again, like yeah, fish, well, Think of it this way, Kim, right? So I don't know any different. So if you were me, you wouldn't know any different. However, if you were you and you suddenly became allergic, then I could see it being a tragedy. Oh, yes. But so still, um, you're missing out as in like it's not your fault. And I felt sorry that you would never be able to try. I mean, unless you, you want to opt for a dangerous risk. I, I wouldn't if I were you, but you know. <laughs> no, 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 that's all right. So I, I, yeah, I'm, I'm. Italy, depending on where I am, some regions are easier for me to try, uh, to eat, and then others. Sicily is one. For those of you that don't know, is like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Kim, but I mean it's predominantly seafood. It depends where you go, there. But it. Yes. I mean, it really depends where you go, but yes, it's, there are many places where you can eat, where you're going to eat seafood. There are, there are also what they called the mountain food. So like, or mm -hmm. land food. So like, not like seafood. So like cheeses or prosciutto or uh, salame, as in like salami. People call it salami, but to me it's salame. You know, that's how you pronounce it in Italian. Uh, it's a, what does it have at the end? Because it got an E at the end. Exactly. And how do we? How are we supposed to pronounce an E at the end of an Italian word? E. So exactly. you have an E at the end of salami. Technically, it's salame. <laughs> um, I'm actually getting hungry talking on this episode. Wow. I'm actually kind <laughs> of too. Um, but yeah, so like you can also find places where they cook for you, like things like polenta or um, salame or prosciutto, mozzarella, and so on. So it's not impossible, but you know, it's very seafood. It's very um, popular. We can say that's probably also because I love seafood. So every time I every time I go out, I ended up to eat seafood, which I shouldn't. I should probably change it into meat sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it might. I mean, change your protein. It's okay. I mean. Um, so for, yeah, yeah, I mean, there's, we could just do a whole episode based on cuisine because everywhere I go, like I, I like to learn as much like you're saying, you can learn about the culture of a place through language, which is very true. And I, I'm, I'm highly impressed 
that uh, most people don't really associate that song. That, that was very impressive for me um, that you said that. The other way that, that I believe is through the local cuisine and throughout, the, I mean, I don't think people realize how large the, the land, you know, there is of the United States and how diverse each area is. And then within each area, how diverse each state is from one another. I know. I and mean, you know, this reminds me that trial, that time I went to New Orleans, for example, that was yep. such of a mystic experience in some sort of sense. It's one of my favorite cities in the United States. Because it, it's so like colorful. Um, like, I, I don't know. I had so much fun and the food was good. So many colors and the, the, it's so much intrinsic with cultures from like all the history that they have. I, I honestly enjoy my time there so much. It was a lot of fun and the places were gorgeous. I took some really good pictures over there, uh, not because I'm a good photographer at all, but because the, the subjects were just simply amazing. But, I, I agree. But the, the reason why I brought it up is because, you know, you mentioned difference between state and state. So going from New York, particularly New York City, to uh, Louisiana, particularly to New Orleans, it was it was a short flight, but the second I, I arrived to the city, I it was a whole nother not even like word, a whole nother universe. Mm-hmm. It was so different from New York City, from Boston, from Washington, and I'm mentioning places where I've been more than once. And they are all different from each other. There is still somewhat a commonality, we can say. But New Orleans, it's a whole nother word. It's a, like, legitimately, I feel like that New Orleans could be in a universe for how different it was from other places where I've been. It, it, it absolutely is. And I think it's maybe a two and a half hour flight. Um, yeah, it was, it was short. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's short. Enough. I mean, for me, it's only a five hour drive. Um, from Houston, but uh, that's what I'm talking about, the difference between being in the northeast and then down in the south, and then within the south, uh, you may or may not know this, but uh, Louisiana was one of the places where a lot of uh, Italian immigrants ended up, especially in New Orleans. Really? Yep, so I know it's like the French Quarter, and there's a lot of French influence which there is then that's for a different reason but if you fast forward in time after all of that a lot of the italian immigrants came uh and they went and they lived in new orleans or in that area that's awesome and it's quite impressive because honestly i mean granted that i do have a bad memory not going to lie but (laughs) well it's not something that most people know even i mean Quite frankly, even a lot of people in Louisiana don't really know. It's not something that's highly talked about, but it's uh, just a little fun fact for you and everybody listening. That that's where there's quite a plethora of Italians amongst the French and others down there uh, during the immigration period when they came over. That's awesome, too. And honestly, the reason why I mention my memory is just because when I go back with my memory, I do remember 
a lot of the French influence, but I didn't remember the Italian influence at all. So that's why I said maybe I have a bad memory for me being there. But if it's not something popular, then like I'm I'm happy I've learned that. Yeah, it's um, not as predominant as the French because they're the ones who established it, started it, and got it. And you know that that there's so much there, and I'm not trying to dismiss that at all because they did a great job and it's beautiful. That's one of the reasons we love it. But I'm just saying as uh, an Italian immigrant because you're, I guess that's a good word for, you know, you're studying abroad, you know, there's some history for you down there. If you should go again, you might want to take a different look at the city because New Orleans, I feel sorry for New Orleans because as wonderful it is, I feel like it's, it's painted in a one dimensional way when New Orleans and, and I'm using New Orleans as a way to paint a picture of any city, regardless of where you are in the world. Oftentimes it's paint. And this is what you, you were talking about. I think in the beginning, oftentimes the perception is, and it is um, uh, painted in one particular way, but there's so many dimensions to each city. Uh, you know, like Rome. Oh, yeah. I mean, even uh, like one of my favorite spots in Italy is Cinque Terre. Um, oh yeah, I'm familiar with that. Yeah. Well, yeah, obviously you've never been because you didn't leave your own house, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I've been to a couple places in Italy. Don't, like, don't say that I was like- I, I, I'm teasing you, I'm teasing you. <laughs> Uh, that was just a friendly tease. Um, so yeah, that's one of our, our favorite places uh, to go because uh, we find it very relaxing and you just bounce around between the five little towns. Although I will say, well, you know what was really, really disappointing? What? Pisa. Really? Yeah, I, I like Genoa. Um, and again, I told you my Italian pronunciation is horrible. I do my best. I didn't learn it from my, like I should have like a, a good Italian, but um, it's not bad at all. The fact that you know the pronunciation of bruschetta, for example, versus yeah. Well, I mean, I did pick up on a few things, um, but you know, it wasn't like language lessons, right? So, but yeah, we were highly disappointed um, with Pisa. It's just there's just it, it. If there's one city that doesn't live up to all the hype, that I, it, out of all of my Italian experiences, Pisa is the one where you know you have the the tower. And, you know, it's, I guess that would be the one that I would have had a high expectation for based on movies and TV and uh, very, very low reality. It's much smaller than I thought it would be. It's much, um, you know, outside of the, the square where, where the tower is, there's really not much else. And it's kind of... Um, uh not as developed as i was hoping it would be does that make sense yeah it makes sense um i will say what's really really cool is in between pisa and cinque terre is the um, marble mines and you can see them when you're riding the train oh yeah that was really cool to see this these huge blocks of marble just sitting there ready to be transported and then you could see the white mountains where they were cutting them out of it was kind of cool I forgot about the, uh, the location. Thank you for bringing it up. Now I need, to, I need to plan a trip over there. <laughs> Apparently. Just to stick with me, Kim, I'll take you places. I'll, I'll okay, that's you. fine. <laughs> I'll, teach you, I'll teach you about your backyard. You can take me on a food and cultural tour, and I'll, I'll get you those places. Um, okay, that's, that's fine, yes. <laughs> so what what is it like for you here versus there? I mean, there's... So I, I just like culturally cultural differences between 
living in Italy and, and being around Europe and coming to the United States, like what, what was a shock to you? Was anything a shock to you or is there, or, and if it wasn't a shock, I guess maybe strange or peculiar, if you don't mind. Hmm. I want to say rather than, it was never, I, it, okay, like, I guess it were peculiar or strange or shock. It's not really. Um, it might be the wrong descriptive word you pick. Yeah, it, you but know, whatever. The, a big difference because yes. honestly, I really liked this difference. To be honest with you, versus um, versus Italy. Um, well, there are two, but the biggest one that I honestly I I really like is specifically when it comes to. Um, the education system in the United States. Well, I mean, in New York City, you tell me if it's uh, if it's true. There are all the extracurriculum activities. So, say, dancing or being the president of an organization or having an organization, being in a team, sports team, and so on. Those are actually recognized in the um, in the resume, and they actually are. A con, you know, counted for when you first start looking for a job. Granted mm. that when you move forward, you know, past five years of college, they expect you to have more than, you know, just president of the organization. But that's something I really admire and I like that it's actually um, taken in consideration when you apply for a job, or at least it's as important so you can that to put it in your resume. Um, I don't. I would. I would slightly disagree with you. It's important when you're going from college to university. Once you're going from university and you want to get your job in the real world, nobody really cares that you played football or in, in America football or soccer. Pick the you know. I mean, it's however well, you, want to go, I, you know whatever. They don't really care that you're. You know you did that. It was like okay, great, you did it. Well, it's just because I do recognize there's a bigger difference as in like, especially when you're in college, they try to tell you like join an organization and try to go to run for a position. It's actually very good for your experience, not only for the resume, but also for the experience because you learn to like multitask to like you gain leadership skills and so on, which is something that's, you know, when it comes to um, Italy specifically, yes. They the extra activities are counted toward the university that you're applying for, but not as much. It's just a couple of points, if that makes sense, because we have also like a point system. And that's something that I think it's we should take more into consideration because you're pushing by recognizing it or like acknowledging it at least, you're pushing the the student or the person to do more to achieve more you like pushing their confidence if that makes sense but not like pressing there is i think there is a difference between pushing and pressing like you're trying to push it a little bit more outside their, their comfort zone in a positive way if that makes sense no it, it does i'm not i don't want to uh anybody to think that i'm devaluing those activities and I do agree that doing those activities does help 
you learn and practice those skills. But I'm just saying it's not necessarily something that, you know, is very good resume worthy. I can see how you could turn it into a resume. And if that is the only thing you have to put on a resume, it's good. But as you gain skills and jobs, it's not as important what your hobbies are. No, no, clearly now it's like, you know, the work experience much better, but when you first, you know, when freshman year of college, when you still don't have experience and they push like, you know, go look for an internship and so on. Like what impressed me is that, Oh, you're part of an organization. Then you should put it down. Like put it down in your resume. Uh, what describe what you did? Were you just a member or where did you cover like a leadership position and so on? Or, um, what about like outside of, you know, outside of the, how you call it? outside of the, the, the organizations did you have any on-campus job or did you get like a ga position and so on what did you do like i like how like somehow they would teach you how to look at this and if you didn't put it in your resume you can still set, tell them in it during the interview and say oh it you know it's not on my resume but you know mainly my male emerge experience or my leadership skill skills and so on they come from this experience that i had in college when i was president of my organization it helped me a lot i have i've met people that because of the, the skills they have they have gained while being organizations or in charge of organization and so on they, they were able to make the difference comparing to other candidates if that makes sense and that's something you know like in LA, yes Go then to dance class, go to this and everything, but it's not organizations, clubs, uh, activities are not pushed as much, especially connected to college applications or like a little bit of resume as well as not pushed as much. When I think it's fundamental to like recognize it or at least somewhat of knowledge it, because it takes a lot of like multitasking, um, tasking um, skills. It takes a lot of like leadership skills. It teaches you also a lot of like, under stress, you know, being like working in an under pressure environment, not under stress. I apologize for the misusage. No, don't apologize. You're, you're good. You speak better English than some people I know that were born here. Oh, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> um, but you see what I'm trying to say. And I do. That was... no, and I get it. And again, I, I don't want to say that I, if you have no other, if you don't have any jobs, if you're one of those fortunate people that didn't have to work at all during your collegiate or university years and you only have that experience, then by all means, you really should highlight those activities because that's all you have for resume. Um, and if you have had experience uh, working in retail or food service, or if you were lucky enough to get a good internship, then that becomes your resume. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like, honestly, I, I, that's something I feel like we should definitely get more if that makes sense and yeah. you know also the importance of playing more team leader and so on that was something that like i didn't say it shocked me but i noticed if that makes sense yeah yeah it, it, it does it does um so what can i can, i'd like to ask you what would you like people to know uh about yourself or other international students that uh people shouldn't assume they shouldn't uh, you know, like what, what are things that would be good for them to just know? Because people have, I guess maybe, you know, some common perceptions. Uh, I don't know what the common perceptions of, of, uh, international student would be, but I guess, um, 
my humble perceptions would be that you're you've come over here i would i would assume that you didn't have family here and that you were just studying ab abroad and you were you know alone i'm using like extreme words i'm going to use extreme words to make it a point but i don't mean them in that such extreme but like you're all alone here um i i personally wouldn't assume that you didn't know what you're doing because like anybody who wants to study abroad they research where they're going so they're not coming in completely naive but i would um think that there's certain things that or figures of speech the way we talk colloquialisms for example that just are in the united states specific that might be confusing to somebody from a different country so like, you know we tip everybody like it doesn't matter who you are apparently we just need to tip you for doing nothing well um i don't think you use extreme words actually specifically to the word alone uh, alone um that's actually the the hashtag of my um our podcast diary of an international student and that is hashtag alone i am not um the reason why i chose it then the hashtag i chose that because i wanted to make sure that people specifically sorry um international students would understand that they are not alone the reason why i chose the pronoun i is because when you read it aloud or when you read it and you say the word I, it's much more powerful comparing to hearing or saying alone you are not or you are not. I want the emphasis to be on the I. Um, also because there is such a thing as I am statements, which is you know a way to empower, mm -hmm. empower yourself. And that's something that we post on our social media as well. Like I am strong, I am powerful and so on to empower yourself. Um, when it comes to do nothing, we had actually one episode. Um, oh, but that one, no, it didn't happen. But I think somebody asked me the question, you know, we were kind of playing between quotes, devil's advocate, as in they were playing the ones against the idea of having international students, you know, just to have a healthy, mature debate. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the questions that came up is again out of love it was there was just playing there was advocate to have like a double-sided point of view makes sense it was meant with no offense um you know the question of you international students are lazy you stick around with your culture you do nothing you just, you just take spaces and we are not really lazy it takes a lot of work to apply to for a student visa for a visa in general the visa the visa process is already very hard i talk about student visa because that's what i have experience uh, with yeah it, it is incredibly hard it is extremely hard and time consuming even the process to get the appointment at the emb embassy which does not guarantee you a student visa once you keep the student visa, once you obtain the student visa, you have to make sure you keep the student visa. Just because you're given the student visa does not mean that you're granted a good life forever. A, that student visa has an expiration date. Um, B, that student visa has requirements that need to be kept. A good attendance, good grades, 
and so on. There are consequences that we pay, not only money. Consequences that we pay when it comes to keeping uh, and feeling those, those responsibilities. And I'm not going to enter into details and terms, and you know, technical, you know, the technical part of it. Also, because again, I'm not expert. I speak out of personal experience. So, I guess my message or what I want to tell people who interact with international students, but also those ones who don't and who never interacted, who never asked those questions, don't jump to conclusion. Um, we stick with our culture, not always and not all of us. I myself try to my best to merge myself in the local culture or with older cultures as well. I want to improve my English as much as possible. I want my English to be as good as my native language. I want to learn about culture and so on. And if you see people stick around their own culture, specifically international students, it's also because you need to remember they are looking for a home away from home because they probably don't feel comfortable or they are scared to face what's outside the little home they found. But that doesn't mean that they're not welcoming you or they're not asking for help and so on. Actually, the help is much more than welcome. Say hi to them and speak as good as English. Be patient, be breathe in, breathe out. Don't yell, try to be understanding. Speak slowly, ask them questions, try to interact with them. Don't jump to conclusion and assumption. When I was in college, and I'm talking way too much, which I, I apologize, <laughs> but um, last point thing is uh, when I was in college, I did run into somebody who made this comment where honestly, I just think the international students are just so lazy and taking spaces like a waste of like spots in classes. They stick with like people of their own culture, they speak their own language. They don't even ask questions, like they only do the work and like leave. I don't see the point. And honestly, that is a comment that made me, because I know that was a genuine comment in that case. It was not part of the debate. This is like something that happened in college and I got so mad. It drove me so mad because it's not truth. And also you see, you see that side picture, you jump to conclusion, but have you tried to ask a question? If mm -hmm. that makes no, it, it does. And I swear, the last thing, that's probably me personally, but, and we talked about this on the podcast. Mm -hmm. So go listen on like the, the podcast, guys, because I swear it's a good job. At least my co-host does an amazing job with this, with the sound. Like, it's fantastic. <laughs> um, so what the last topic I'd like to, to touch on, on is like the, I need you to, and, and that's one of the reasons I, I kind of brought it up is your hashtag, because you mentioned it. So the assumption would be that you're here alone. So when I say that, I mean that you came by yourself. I'm not saying that when you got here, you didn't find a community, which is awesome. I mean, like physical relatives, like you're alone during, during holidays, you know, you'll, you might spend it with your um, new community of other inner students, but you're not going home. Or you may actually go home with a new friend and be part of their family. Because I know with um, my son's in university right now, my daughter just graduated. And if they bring somebody home, 
we know that they're spending, especially for a holiday, we know that, you know, they, they become part of the family for that. Well, they just become part of the family. We're just that, we're that crazy American family that everybody's family. Um, especially the, especially, <laughs> like the, especially the kids. Fine traits. <laughs> <laughs> so, so when I meant that, it's like when you, you come alone, like you're by yourself. Like you, you left the country by yourself. You're here by yourself is what I'm, is it, is that really the, the truth? Like explain that. Can do you mind? And, and then we'll wrap up. Um, so I did come by myself. I, when I, I jumped on a plane and came over here and I knew no one, absolutely no one, no relatives, no family, no, uh, friends, no nothing. And I still remember, like if it was yesterday, if I close my eyes, it looks like a movie. Um, they bring me to the college bedroom, single college bedroom. They bring me in, okay, this is it, uh, welcome, blah, blah, blah. And then they leave and they close the door behind them. And I, like, I have this, code, this door closing behind me. And when it finally shuts, I'm starting to to panic, panic basically, and say, oh, I'm here. Now what? Because I'm realizing that I, <laughs> I, I was alone. Like, I didn't know anyone. I didn't know what to do. It was a good five, 10 minutes of, of panic, to be honest with you. So what I did, I just, when I had, and like, I ran out of the bedroom, I went downstairs and tried to meet people, just be like, hi, I, I, I'm new. I arrived like, 10 minutes ago, <laughs> I try my best and thank God it worked out. Um, the way I, I, it happened for me is I just, you know, I was in high school and I didn't know what to do with my life. My final exam was coming and I still didn't know what to do. It finally came, still had no idea what to do. I passed it, so no idea what to do. <laughs> And then my father found this international school of language where do, they will help you to improve your English while you were studying other subjects if you wanted to more than just English. And one of the options that we they had was actually New York. I opted for New York because it sounded like the best experience and the most logical one, if that makes sense. As in, another option was London, but London for me is like right behind the corner. I can, you know. That was before Brexit, by the way. So I thought I can go back and forth whenever I want. I have no issue and so on. But spending such a long time in New York, it's, it sounds much more appealing to me. You can't, it's not really behind the corner. When does it happen? And there you go. So I decided to, to come over here and, and practice. And, you know, it's been the best experience. When it comes to being alone, just push yourself uh, out of the comfort zone. It sounds terrible, terrifying, full of anxiety, and it would be awful, but in the end, it will totally be worth it and the best experience that you have. So what do you, so your, your, your hashtag is alone, I am not, right? Yes. So how are people, can, you weren't alone because you stepped out and you went and met people. How are, how would you help other international students not feel alone? So um, we are, this is like in the deciding planning phase, like it's not happening yet. But as a podcast, 
we are looking to have possibly events where international students can meet all international students, not necessarily the same cultures, just you know different cultures, so at least they can see that there are other peers going through the same struggles and so on, get to know new new faces, new people, practice more like English, especially if they're outside of the, their own culture, that would be um, amazing. When it comes to you know suggestions and so on, I always, you know, recommend if I had to give a suggestion to international student is yes, try to create a little home away from home when it comes to like being like having your own culture here, but also don't be afraid to, you know, talk to classmates or either join um, organizations and activities and so on, or talk to your advisors. There are so many great resources in every campuses, not only not only mine, but like all campuses, they have so many resources and people that are willing to help you. I mean, it, it's also their job in the end. So they're willing to do this. And there are some people that actually go like above and beyond. As a podcast, as I said, we're looking to possibly have eventually like events where mm -hmm. we can connect also like international students. That's one that I hope that we have. But right now we're, you know, focusing on the production part. Hopefully we'll be able to like do more, of course. Great. That's also why I share, you know, interviews of our international students. I want to make sure that international students realize, oh, this is, I went, I went through that same exact struggle. So I am not alone. I'm not the only one going through that. And find comfort when like hearing not only my experience but also the experiences of our international students oh, that's very um, um very nice that i'm glad i hope you get those uh, get togethers going because i feel like well especially where you are in uh, new york city there's quite a few colleges and universities there that have uh, programs for international students and I think there would be a great, uh, that would be a great resource to get everybody together. And then not only that, but just unify some disparate colleges uh, and universities that otherwise might not uh, find a way to get together. Thank you. It really means a lot to hear um, these words. I, you know, we put so much um, dedication and effort into this. Uh, and I really, really hope that I'm doing something good. So far, people have said, uh, we even had uh, questions asked during the podcast so i'm i'm hoping that this means that, that we're doing something right <laughs> no no that's that, i think you are which is great um so i was gonna wrap up but i have one more question but it's it's a highly highly intrusive question um so if you don't want me to ask it i won't but then you're probably like well, what's he talking about so i probably have to ask it for you to find out uh i guess let's see <laughs> <laughs> so what um what happens if you find love while you're in the united states before you head back to italy uh i don't know <laughs> I, i'm i i um i'm assuming like you you came here to study to learn and you're doing that you're having a great time and I'm sure that finding a, a partner in life is was the last thing on your list. Um, but it could potentially happen. You never know where you're going to meet the love of your life. You just don't. 
you don't you're right and just like i don't or we don't uh, i wouldn't know what will happen i you know i'm a person who really believes in not in i'm a person who believes that wants to see wants to leave the situation before making decision or make statements as you know, mm -hmm. like it really depends on what the circumstance is and it's not only when it comes to finding love but um it also is in any type of situation like debates and so on i'm always the person that says it depends i don't know it really depends on the situation would this be the case or would this be the case and so on and i, I will have to find myself in a situation to tell you that's fair assessment I, I i like that that's very fair assessment it was an incredibly unfair question but i did warn you ahead of time and it was probably it's not my best question and, and for everybody if you've made it this far um i am not feeling well so my my uh brain's not working at high capacity it was a good question though not going uh not going to lie but honestly like you said you said it's a good question it, it's i've learned this time amount of time that i've been here i've learned that you really need to be realistic and live the, the life yes planning is important but live your life day by day don't don't stress out too much into the future and so on oh definitely you know that makes a lot of sense because if you spend your time there's a saying or something that's like if you spend your time too much planning for the future you miss out on the present or something yeah. like that i don't know i'm doing a horrible job saying it, but I, I i definitely understand um why they say that because it's it's, it's very true uh, you will miss out on things right in front of you if you're worried about things that are uh, going to happen. Uh, and they haven't happened yet, so it's hard to worry about something that hasn't happened yet. Well, Kim, thank you for uh, being an awesome guest today, and I'm glad we got to um, touch on a few of David's pet peeves along the way, such as word pronunciations, and there's more to life than New York <laughs> City. There is a whole other state there. Exactly. Uh, so, Thank you yes. so much for having me and I had a wonderful time, an amazing talk. I hope that you actually mean to say that I, uh, that I was a wonderful guest. If not, you were, I of course. Guys. <laughs> of course. I mean, AJ was a little quiet for me today, but you know, we we'll have to deal with that. We'll have to deal with that on another time. AJ can, you know, try to come whenever, whenever he, you know, he can, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's saying, He's saying hi in the background right now. Like, I'm sure, hi. I'm sure he's going to listen to this and be like, oh, really, David? Really, Kim? Come on now. Um, <laughs> that'll be funny. All right. Well, thank you so much for being here. And everybody, if you want to get a hold of Kim, you can reach her at. Ready, Kim? Go. Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter with the handle Kim underscore needy. Kim underscore needy. And that's spelled N-I-R-I. -I. It's right, exactly. N is in Naples, I is in igloo, R is in running, I is in igloo. Right, because don't let the double R uh, throw you off the way she pronounces it. Exactly. Oh, and the first name, it's Kim, K-A-M, by the way. So we forgot to spell that just in case. Oh, we did, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's okay. So I appreciate that. But again, um, don't forget to follow us on Instagram too, DS underscore P-O-D. Um, with a hashtag alone I am not yeah. 
And if you need to get a hold of me, uh, this is David, by the way. It's pirpodcast at gmail.com. And pirpodcast happens to be my handles across all social media. I know that's highly exciting for you all. Um, so, you know, tune in. All right. Thanks, everybody. Uh, I hope you all have a great week. And thanks for listening. And talk to you all next week. Thank you.